Happy New Year to the land of social media. I'm Clement Palmer III. Welcome to another episode of Bible Topics. It's good to be here another year. I'm broadcasting on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter at DRC Palmer 3, and on podcast for you podcast lovers. If you appreciate this video, please go to YouTube, check, like, and subscribe. If you're interested in a particular topic, please let me know on the website, www.drclementpalmer.com. The sole purpose is to save souls. Let's look at eternity again from a soul spiritual perspective. In other words, if they're part of us that's immortal, that lives on or survives death, or is the situation when we die, we just die, and that's the end of us. Now, the Bible depicts humans as a unified whole, body, mind, and emotion, as compared to some philosophers, philosophy and some religious systems. So to see the body is a shell and the spirit is all we really are and is, and is seeking to be free and live forever. Before I get into the big picture of the scriptures, I'd like to tell you there'll be three main rules that I'm going to give you. So I want you to remember the rule. Rule number one, rule number one, a person has a spirit and is a soul. So a person is a soul. A person has a spirit and is a soul. Rule number one. Soul expressed with words like I, me, and my, the totality of the person. The spirit is immaterial. The spirit is the vitalizing power of the soul, is intellect, this with will, emotions, and self-consciousness, but it's immaterial. That means it has no shape. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't smell it. You can't compress it. You can't stretch it. You can't boil it. You can't dissolve it. You can't melt it. It can never go away. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. That's why I say the soul, the person has a spirit and is a soul. Words like I, me, and my uses in expressions such as my soul is equivalent to me. Psalm 103.1, and some of David, it reads, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. And for completeness, I just read it out. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? As stated earlier, a person has his spirit and is a soul. Now, the spirit is used in various ways. Is used as the wind or breath and life force in the Bible, which departs the body after death. Let's use to go to the example of the spirit is used as wind. In Exodus, when we was talking about the plagues of locusts, uh, read 10, 13. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind, and upon the land all that day, and all that night, when it was morning, the east wind brought forth the locusts. So that's the spirit use, uh, the word use of wind for spirit. 
uh, in Job 15.30, talking about the breath used as spirit, the flame shall dry up his branches, and by the breath of his nostrils shall he go away. Just like a tree is dissolved, uh, a prosperous person that's, that's practicing wickedness, by his breath, his nostrils shall he go away. That's the spirit leaves. And one that I really like, a spirit that's life force. Ecclesiastes 8.8, 8, life force which departs the body at death. There's no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit. Neither has he power in the days of death. There's no discharge in the war, war that death is waging. Neither shall wicked deliver those who are given into it. I love this. There is no man that has power over the spirit to retain the spirit. Mm. Luke 23, 46. When Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the spirit, that life force. Make sense? He breathed his last. And we're confident, Paul said, talking about at death. I say, I'm willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So you're absent from the body and present with the Lord. Absent from the body and present with the Lord. Now, how is the soul related to the spirit? The spirit encompasses self-conscious emotions, choices, desires, will, and the root of mental acts. The root of mental acts. Um, an example I would talk about, uh, example out of Job, uh, how the spirit works. Uh, I'll talk about in the context of checking someone. We always say he checked that person, he checked that person, but checking been going on for, for thousands of years. Uh, now, if somebody tell a little bit of your business, you might say, man, just keep that between us. That's checking that person. If somebody comes to your house without calling, you might say, hey, call first, man. You know, I'm going to make sure I'm here. I'll make sure I'm not busy or something. You check in that person. Now, this is the setup. Zophar was talking to Job. You know, Job had a lot of mishaps. Um, there were some things going on behind the scene between God and Satan. But Zophar didn't know this. So Zophar basically blamed Job for his problems. And Job responded to Zophar. This is how the spirit works. This is from Zophar's perspective. I have heard the check of my reproach. So he heard what Job said. I've heard the check of my reproach. And the spirit of my understanding causes me to answer. See, the spirit is think intellect. The spirit causes him to answer. In other words, New Living Version translation say, I've had to endure your insults, Job. But now my spirit prompts me to reply. He basically saying the hard feelings of being reproached were mutual. Another example of a characteristic of the spirit. Psalm 77, the psalmist finding comfort by remembering how God has helped the Israelites. It reads, I've cried out to God for help. I've cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stressed out my untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. Now, look at this. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Then the summons remembered and meditated on the deeds of the Lord. 
Again, I ask, how is the soul related to the spirit? Rule number two, a soul is a living soul by the presence of the spirit in it. A soul is a living soul by the presence of the spirit in it. Again, I read Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Now, the soul is the living individual. The spirit is the vitalizing power by which this individual soul lives. Rule number three, and it's kind of a three-part rule. Rule number three, the spirit is always itself. It cannot lose its identity and it survives death. So it's always itself, cannot lose its identity and it survives death. It's the immaterial part of the person, like I mentioned earlier. The soul is the total person while alive on earth. He or she is a two-part person, the soul, body, material, spirit immaterial a, a person is a soul is a, has a spirit and is a soul now at death the spirit separates from the body and consciously survives death while the body decomposes in the earth now when a person is alive on earth he or she is a two-part soul or person with body and spirit However, when one dies, we're not one part person or soul, consisting only of the person spirit. Now remember that in spirit includes an animation part. I mean, it animates the body, like the heart to beat, stomach to digest food. It's a seat of intellect, reason, and will, and, and mental functions. Now, the spirit can no longer keep the body alive when it separates from the body. However, it keeps the mental activities going. The spirit carries the personhood, so to speak. A disembodied soul is a spirit and no body. No B-O-D-Y, no body. Incomplete human person, a soul or person, in an incomplete state, possessing a spirit and a body. There are examples in scripture where people have died and are referred to as souls and spirits, so it can be confusing. But both refer to incomplete people awaiting resurrection. Let's go to Revelation 6, 9, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. When he, the lamb, opened the fifth seal, I, John, saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. Now listen, they had been killed and are conscious, plus I believe comforted. Check this out. They asked, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth? and avenge our blood. Then each were given a white robe and were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants and brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been killed. 
Now we're talking about people who have died and are referred to as souls and spirits. I just went over souls and revelation. Now I'm going to go over the spirit use of uh, the concept in Hebrews. Both refer to incomplete people awaiting resurrection. Now Hebrews 12, 23, the Bible talks about a Mount Zion here, not the earthly Mount Zion in Jerusalem, but the city of the living God. New Testament believers are there, described as church of the firstborn, and Old Testament believers are there. Some say they're just believers of all time who have died. These are just men made perfect. They are just because they have been justified and complete. They are complete because they are complete in heaven. Hebrews 12, 18 reads, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, that is burning with fire, to darkness, to gloom, and storm. This is talking about Mount Zion in the Old Testament. If an animal touched the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all. This is this to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. These are the spirits waiting for bodies. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Now we move from law, we moved into grace now. And to the sprinkle of blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Why is it better? Because Jesus' blood had redemptive value. It could save, and it saves the use of soul and spirits. In the first case in Revelation 6, the marchers, the souls are under the altar. The emphasis here is on the, the, the person who no longer has a body. We have to remember, man, it was, it was beheaded. So it makes sense. The emphasis is on the person who no longer has a body. The second case, Hebrews 12, is a reference to the heavenly Mount Zion, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. This passage refers to the incomplete person by naming the part of the person that survives death, which is the spirit. Some of the other thinkers have different views on this. Some of them are legitimate thinkers and some are straight up haters. They reject the continuation of consciousness after death because they say without brain activity, uh, one can't think. Or uh, the brain is deteriorated. You certainly can't think. These are usually the ones that reject an afterlife. I say, God is not dependent on the brain's activity. He can short circuit the brain. And after all, God created the brain. He can do what he wants to do. It's like he's outside of time. He's outside of human the human body. He created everything. Number two, there's some that believe in an afterlife 
but on at the period of non-existence. Theologians use the term soul sleep. I don't use the term soul sleep. That's not biblical. Now, I like when somebody say a Christian and when they die, go to sleep, because that's kind of what they're doing. They just go on to sleep and, 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 and the Lord will resurrect them and they go on into eternal life at the right time. But the soul does not sleep. These same people say the last day God creates the person in a new body from his memory and make conscious life possible. But I feel Jesus was resurrected in his same body. Remember, he, he asked Thomas to, to touch him in the side. There's never a period of non-existence. God breathed into man the breath of life. This breath of spirit could never be non-existent. Dying and going to a cold grave is not rewarding. But we go immediately to bliss. This is the, the same. But it's not eternity yet. We have to have a resurrected and glorified body to, to enter eternity. In closing, I'm so glad that my soul does not sleep. I'm so glad that I'm with my father immediately after death, if I taste death. I'm so glad that I'll be in eternal bliss. I'm so glad that my body will be resurrected and glorified one day. I'm so glad that the Lord is with me in this earthly body. He is with me even if I taste death, awaiting the resurrection in a disembodied state. I'm glad my body will be glorified one day in eternity. Lord, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your son Jesus that made all this possible, eternal life possible. Amen, amen, amen. If you appreciate this message, please tell somebody. Don't keep it to yourself. Go to YouTube, check, like, and subscribe. Tell somebody. I'll see you in two weeks if it's the Lord's will and the creek don't rise. Amen.